Carly. What's up? It's nine o'clock on a Sunday morning and it's really gloomy out and my pants are covered in dog hair. Welcome to Pillows on the Windows, a movie podcast. Thank you. Okay. My name's Tucker. Um, We're going to talk about movies, Car. I think we should talk about Nomadland first. So I can drop my searing hot take on you on Nomadland. I wish you hadn't told or like message that you had a hot take that would make me angry before I watched it because then the entire time I was just like is this it? Is this <laughs> I ruined it for you. Yeah. Is this it? <laughs> is it the pooping bucket scene? No. No, it's not no. the pooping bucket scene. No. Well, there's multiple, but. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have to explain the pooping bucket and then it's like yeah. Occam's bucket or whatever. Not Occam's <laughs> Sure. Bucket. Okay. Yeah. Chekhov's bucket. Car. Yeah. What's up? Do you want to talk about Nomadland before I drop this searing hot take on everyone? Or should um, I just drop it? And then just we can drop deal it. with the fallout. Yeah, we'll deal with the fallout. Okay. Nomadland. Yeah. Has the general aesthetic sensibilities mm-hmm. and emotional depth of a Super Bowl commercial about trucks. No. <laughs> it's worse than I could have imagined. <laughs> Just picture Bruce Springsteen talking over a no man like, this is God's country. These people work hard. It's awful to hear. And then shot of Francis McDormand in a forest looking at a tree and being like, oh, trees. Do you think that Super Bowl commercials were also influenced by the films of Terrence Malick? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a real question. Hmm. Possibly. I mean, were they? Possibly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Because, like, I'm not the first one to point out this feel. It, like, looked so much like a Terrence Malick movie. Um, Or, like, you could tell that was where the inspiration was pulling from in the super wide shots and overwhelming. Like, it felt like you had mentioned before, um, like, you asked if I was sad I wasn't seeing this in a theater. And I was like, no, it's fine. And then as I was watching it, I was like, God, I really wish I was seeing this in a theater. (laughs) Okay, Sean Baker. Um, <laughs> I think people will say movies look like Terrence Malick films. I don't think anyone's going to say that movies look like Nomadland because it has no personality to it. I think. I don't think that's true at, at all. Malick. Okay, sure. Car, <laughs> <laughs> what'd you think of Nomadland? <laughs> okay, so I really liked it. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is the type of movie. Okay, basically... This is the type of movie I think I like a lot, as we've discussed before. I like right, a naturalistic movie. <laughs> well, it is, I mean, there's like a million little cool things about it. Like, I think it's really interesting to see someone um, at an extreme transitional period in their life later in life and not in like a traditional sense and it evokes like honestly a lot of the same feelings you would see from like a coming of age like so much of this movie is just Frances McDormand's character <clears throat> identifying what she wants out of life and like it, that's still an interesting evaluation to make um even as you're like approaching retirement age which i, I think am. it okay <laughs> okay i think it like it does look extremely extremely beautiful they were like I don't know, six or seven different scenes when I like teared up and a couple that like absolutely got me. Um, Yeah, I don't I think. 
I think like it's interesting because so much of the magic of the writer was not knowing um, any of the faces associated with it. It just felt completely immersive. Like you were you were in a reality that was um, not fabricated for the movie sort of thing. And that's honestly kind of true up to a point. And same goes for Nomadland, except you have Frances McDormand, who's a huge movie star. But I wouldn't want to see anyone else in this role. Like I, she has such <clears throat> an incredible like playfulness to her, and there's no one like her in the most perfect way. And it feels like she's had a number of different roles that have been like career defining. Um, and I, it just feels like this should be right up there because it was absolutely perfect and a beautiful performance. Are you flossing your teeth, Car? What is that noise? No. Um, I was kind of smushing my phone. Are you being mean? Just a little bit. I do hear a okay. flossing sound, but it's okay. We'll talk about flossing okay. later in the podcast. Um, okay. I don't disagree with you, I guess, at least about like Francis McDormand. Mm-hmm. But I just found the storytelling and everything in this to be so clumsy and like half-hearted that hmm. I came away like with no emotional reaction. Um, hmm. And I, I don't know, like I can get, I can get into it, but I just, yeah, it, do it. Well, I just think it sucks that they've framed this movie about poverty and stuff about old white people. Like that's the only way we can get sympathy is to have like old white people talk about dying. And that's like their emotional core of this movie, which I think sucks. And it's like, all of the metaphors and imagery is so like clumsy and amateurish. I think where it's like, I have plates from my past and you broke my plates, but you're the future. Maybe I should let the past be broken and move forward with this man who broke my plates that represent the past. It's just like that over and over, like film school, you know, freshman year imagery going on in this movie that I just thought was really uh, cringy. Yeah, I thought about that as well. Not specifically in reference to the plates, but there's so many just like, um, like brutally. There's just so many moments when people are like sort of speechifying. Yes. In like very profound ways. And I was trying to figure out like how I felt about that and I think I end on like it just feels sort of right like it feels right that these people who are living this lifestyle who are in their later years would talk like that to each other and not like we're also not seeing all of the normal moments and maybe it would be helpful to like have some more of those thrown in there like I do think the like the moments when they're at the um like free stuff uh yeah you know, or honestly, when they're doing like the bucket demonstration, like maybe it needs a little bit more of that to just like bring it down to like show what the day to day is aside from like these intense moments when they're like talking about dying. Um, but I don't I honestly think it seems right to me that this is how a lot of those conversations would go. I sh- I, I mean, I can't argue with you. It's just that's not interesting to me. That Yeah that stuff so it is yeah and then it is just like i don't know yeah there's always going to be the question of like especially when you're involving real people like is it 
is this all okay, essentially? Yeah. And like, who's consuming this? And it was really interesting because I was talking to um, our mom about this last night and how like, it's cool that movies are made about like different types of people or like different regions. But I, it's like, is anyone from the Midwest or from these areas like, is this for that? Is that is this for like the people it's theoretically portraying, no. or is it for like California and New York to like watch yes. and like feel good about themselves yes. because they saw a different perspective? <laughs> That's exactly what I think it is. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe Amazon's not so bad. Says mm-hmm. person, like film critic in New York or something. Like, I don't. The Amazon stuff is also gross in this. Uh, yeah, I just this does not have the soul of what I think it wants to have the soul of it has the soul of Oscar voters feeling like they're going in for the little guy. And that's, I don't feel, I feel I am closer to the little guy than Oscar voters are. And I don't feel at all represented by this film. It feels like Mm -hmm. a bourgeois, you know, poverty tourism to me. And it's really gross. and I don't like it. Yeah, they're like I'd be really curious what you think about the writer because I don't think that's true for that movie. But maybe that's also because I didn't go through twelve months of hearing like critics and yeah. all of these people like talk <laughs> and hype up this movie, and because right. it wasn't nom- or won't have been nominated for Oscars, and yeah, yeah I don't know. Because like the part that kind of shifted or solidified my perspective on this movie is towards the end when this sort of non-political movie feels the need to throw in a scene where Francis McDormand makes like this really um, not interesting or well-stated objection to the real estate market as some sort of like they're trying to situate this within that situation even though they do that at like the beginning of the movie with a little text placard thing you know what i'm talking about she's just like yeah. basically like maybe real estate is wrong and then the other yeah. guy's like well no and then that's that's like the extent of any political message in this movie is like this is related to the housing crisis remember that and maybe that was bad and then and it's fine that that's not what this movie is about but i don't understand why you would throw that in then towards the end you know, like I mean, it just feels I think that is what the movie is about. It just maybe doesn't connect it enough. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying is I just wish they had had anything interesting to say other than just having Francis McDormand be like teenager at Thanksgiving dinner table. Like, yeah, no, you guys suck. <laughs> OK, like, I don't know. That's not going to change anyone's mind like that scene. Like, I don't know. It just. Yeah. What is this movie trying to tell me, I guess, is where I'm at with it. It's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, like, I don't, because I do really, really like this movie. And I think maybe where it's most effective for me and, like, is truly extremely effective is in exploring, like, Frances McDormand's, um... Like what she determines she needs to survive or and or like thrive, which is she's constantly butting up against this feeling of being trapped. And like we learn in that scene with her sister that I think is really beautiful that like this is it's a feeling she's been fighting her entire life. And 
that's led her to have a much more uncomfortable life and often difficult life, but it's what she ends up choosing. Yeah. And that to me, like that, yeah, I guess I, that's the part I more so connected with. And I do think sure. it was like a very strong emotional journey where like, it, it's one of those mm, feelings of like inevitability the entire time that like, you know, this character is going to continue on this lifestyle. And when you see moments of her, like just running around and enjoying where she is and being content in like these great expansive settings that she'll never be happy anywhere else, but she has to go through that journey of like seemingly being in the most ideal alternative, which is like being surrounded by lovely people in a beautiful yeah. home. It's right. still like with expansive outdoors, but I, the end result being that she has to just like keep going her own way, I think is like really wonderful and moving and special. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think I like the same things you like about the movie. Um, it's just that there was this layer of, I don't know, I was never able to get into it as much. Like it would always, there was always that little bit of friction in my mind. Like mm, something doesn't add up here type of thing. Yeah. And it kept me from ever. Like I watched it with Krista and Krista cried, of course. You know, <laughs> scenes, but I, well, it's just like, obviously they went for an emotion and I think it's effective if you're yeah. able to let this movie do what it's trying to do. And I guess I just was never able to do that or something. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like when there are those other concerns around it, like they don't go away throughout the movie. You yeah. know what I mean? So like it, yeah, if that's, if you're not on board or for it's not working, then yeah, it's going to be hard to connect to the other stuff. Right. Yeah. But like, closest comparison point I can think of is first cow for me. And I like this way more than first cow. Um, mm. Cause I think it has characterization and, you know, momentum and yeah. things I like in movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think it's just a better movie overall. I think. Hmm. I, yeah, I was thinking through the other ones that I've seen that remind me of this. And obviously the writer is probably number one, but leave no trace was the other big one, which is True. probably like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and I think that does, I mean, that's also tackling like PTSD and stuff, but that does a lot of what this is getting at where it's like, it's the struggle between, um, like these people who are sort of forced, um, into living in an uncomfortable lifestyle, um, which is being off the grid in the Pacific Northwest. And also the idea that like, there may not be another reality where they're comfortable and it's like constantly butting up against that feeling of being trapped. And I think like an extremely effective examination of like, yeah, how we treat veterans and how we treat people like at the edges of the system. Yeah. Um, while also like giving me everything I want in terms of beautiful um, nature shots. <laughs> I, don't know. Sure. I, I guess like if i had to rank these types of movies leave yeah. no traces at the top yeah. but yeah hey, i guess i wish this movie had any of that friction going on or any of that um it, it this movie just paints these people as like perfect basically like there's no yeah. there's no conflict beyond just like and it's not even because francis mcdermott wants in some way to be here. So it's not even a conflict of like, you know, economics or society, you know, via this time period. It's just like, 
conflict of the self or something, but it's not, that's not interesting to me because it's just like, I, I, it was so hard to get invested because it just seems like not the story I would want to hear about of this time of hardship yeah. or, you know, how, how do things go from here or how do we treat these people or, you know, it's just, it's so centralized on Francis McDormand being in a cool van that it's like, yeah. all right, <laughs> I can't get invested in this. I'm sorry. Yeah. I actually, so I did just think of another one, like a really good companion piece maybe that I was thinking about a lot about, which is another Kelly Reichardt, which is Wendy and Lucy. It's like so extremely similar in a lot of ways where it's um, women, I think, where exactly is Nomadland for the most part? Is it like Arizona and stuff? Oh, where? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you said when. I'm sorry. I thought my brain was like short circuiting. <laughs> I think it's blue. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> essentially, I'm trying to say both like in the Western United States and Wendy and Lucy is like, yeah, a woman living out of her car. Um, definitely not out of choice, but like the various challenges that um confront her over the period of a few days plus there's a dog <laughs> <laughs> i really thought Frances mcdormand was gonna take that dog you gotta make a letterbox list plus there's a dog that would be amazing <laughs> i forgot to mention i was like so jazzed for my this is a complete change of subject really quick sorry i was so jazzed for myself when i watched doctor sleep because there was a moment in doctor sleep where ian mcgregor's character is like high i think or at least super drunk and same he thing, sees a oh, <laughs> he sees a like really freaky dead baby and i was like oh, oh my god this is the ewan mcgregor was super freaky dead baby uh universe <laughs> and i looked it up afterwards and like 50 million people on letterboxd already made that connection uh, <laughs> funny list there's with no two original movies. thoughts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> funny list Anyways. with no movies <laughs> All right, kind of no man land. We yeah. good? We good? Yeah, okay. we good. Okay. Um, we had some other uh, assigned viewing if we want to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which one, Kai? Well, the Grave of the Fireflies. Okay. All right. We also had Prisoners. Oh, yes. I forgot that was one of the assigned ones. Yes, that's right. That's true. That's true. But we can do Grave. Let's do Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. I want to like get the extremely depressing stuff out of my brain as much as possible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what's depressing is that people like this movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. This was the best one so far, but I still wasn't feeling it, I guess. Mm. Okay. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. Is I was, because I was thinking about that during this, because I really liked this movie and obviously was like very affected by it. Like, it, I'd heard it was depressing. I didn't think it was going to be like, like if this movie was not animated, I feel like it would be arrested. Be one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. Um. But yeah, so I, I so I did like it, but it wasn't like I guess exactly what I was expecting, save for a couple really really magical moments. And then I was thinking, like, is this all just ruined for me by a spirited away? Like, I feel like mm. I'm kind of going into every single movie expecting to feel like Spirited Away made me feel or expecting yeah. to see, like, 
the magic of that movie and the sure. imagination and inventiveness and like it, is that just too high a standard for all of this? Mm. Mm. Hmm. It would be interesting to see what you think of Spirited Away upon a rewatch coming up here. If it I just watched it like a oh. year or two ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think this is much closer to transcending the art form than mm-hmm. say Nausicaa or Castle in the Sky. Um, if that's kind of what you mean, like getting closer to that kind of artistic kind of quality that Spirited Away has. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's it's like hard to define, but it's just moments where you feel like you're like transported or you're just seeing. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, there's just those like beautiful moments like in Spirited Away when it's the uh, I'm not going to remember how to describe any of it, but like when okay. it's the dragon guy flying through the sky or when she's like um, on the train. Like there's just moments that feel yeah. like, holy crap. And this one did pigs. have a couple of those moments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but I, I had a hard time, I guess, just uh, it's just abject misery for yeah the duration. And it's all predicated on like, it just seems it it almost uh, invites um, a degree of what am I trying to say here? It seems like there could not possibly be this many bad decisions made within the span of time by this character. And yet here we are. And by the 800th bad decision, this young kid is making. I had a hard time feeling bad for these like little oh, no. people. Well, I don't know. It's just like, dude, just go get some food, you know? Yeah. Like, just stay with the ant. I know the ant is terrible, but just buck up, dude. How like, old is he? Do we know? He's like, uh, there's no funny joke there. I don't know. I don't know how uh, old he is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Because it does make a difference to me if he's like 14 or if yeah. he's 20. Like, I don't. I would say even I younger. I would say like 12. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, just like stay stay put, dude. That's what I was thinking yeah. all the time. There's like people around, dude. Somebody can help you. But he's always like, I got to go somewhere else. Let's go to this bomb shelter. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like, dude, no, come on. Your sister has weird yeah. welts all over. Do something, oh, dude. God. Yeah. It is really hard. Like, I, I think... I think it makes sense for us to know how it ends at the beginning. Yes. I'd rather have that than it feels like it is just trying to like absolutely slam you at the end, which it yeah. still does. But like you're able to kind of cope with that the entire time. Yeah. But it's just such a difficult thing to think about for like an hour and a half. And like yeah. you're seeing what is truly the cutest portrayal of a little kid I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and you're just like looking at her and loving yeah. her and knowing like, this is all going to end so soon. Yeah. 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 And there's that really excellently done sequence towards the end where it's just showing her life at the shelter. Oh, like, over oh God. She's just like playing. and Yeah. 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 The one where she, like the one of those moments when she, has like the sheet or whatever and mm-hmm. she's running around like mm-hmm. i think i'll that'll be burned in my mind for the rest of my life like Hooray. it's so oh my god yeah yeah but they're dead though huh these two kids yeah oh yeah god but yeah i i just don't 
beyond that like if you, i don't know it's just like do you want to make yourself sad for a while here you go but i don't so i wasn't like i get that war is bad i don't know i don't know it just didn't it didn't hit with me beyond just children dying which is still sad and it's a very well portrayed story of children dying you know yeah i think like part of what makes it different than or like more than that maybe is there's such a point made that like they're still having fun amidst all this like and that's part of the reason why they butt up against the ant is because like in that house they're not allowed to uh, have fun or be kids or enjoy each other's company yeah. and like you absolutely need those moments and that's also how you get like the most beautiful scene ever where they're bringing the fireflies into the Aww. little tent thing or Aww. their shelter with the mosquito like that is the cutest most mm-hmm. childlike sweet thing in the world and like yeah. if it didn't have that i i think i would be more so with you and like you're right it does end up being mostly like yeah, just watching people die. But you have, like, honestly, a lot of moments when they're, like, giggling with each other doing yeah. little kid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I think, the Ghibli uh, kind of trademark is portraying people acting like people instead of cartoon characters, which is... Yeah. They show off very well here. So, What did you think about the... Um, near the end, I forget... If it's, I think it's maybe like just after she's died, when you see the wealthy family like m- visiting the oh, big yeah, house yeah. or whatever, yeah. What Put do you think phonograph of on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was into that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's another thing you need, which is like showing that it's not that there truly isn't resources for people. It's just yeah. that they're being hogged by certain people. Ooh. Ooh, a culture, uh, yeah, political commentator. Ooh. I saw that just more as like these are the forgotten dead of the war. Like this all yeah. happened within a foot of these, you know, carefree rich people, and yeah, it just pans over to this hovel that children died, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. God, Not oh cool. God, oh God. The yeah. umbrella or the parasol? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought this was the best one so far, I guess. But just not. By a long... It was the first yeah. one that, like, I didn't feel like I was making myself pay attention to. Sure. Yeah. It is paced very well. Yeah. Which is good. Oh, God. Yeah. The, just especially the beginning, whatever, yeah. like 20 minutes. Like, I didn't... I, I truly feel like... I, I, I guess I don't know what the ideal audience for this is. But if I saw, like... The mother having been burned when I was a little kid, that yeah. would have terrified me. That yeah. is extremely, extremely upsetting. I, like, it just feels so jarring to see that against, like, oh, them playing in the ocean. Right. <laughs> Do you, uh, is that maybe why this, I assume this isn't on HBO because of licensing, but mm. also maybe it's, they didn't want this. Just in next to, you know, yeah. Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle or something. Like, come on, kids, let's watch the next gym. Oh, my God, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Turn it That's off. That's a good point, yeah. I wonder, I guess, like, what is the licensing issue or what would it be? I have no idea. Hmm. I should have looked that up because I was curious about it. Is this yeah. the only one, do we know, that's not on there? To my knowledge, yeah. 
Okay. It is huh. odd that they're kind of advertising. You can watch all the Studio Ghibli movies, and then there's just one missing. <laughs> and it's, and it's like movie. one of the biggest ones. Yeah, it's the one yeah. people would care about beyond, you know, so I don't know. I think it also, I know someone, I think, who watched it on HBO, mm-hmm. like when they first launched. Oh, weird. Okay. But I can confirm. Huh. This is yeah. the only one I watched subbed. Because I feel like if you're showing a historical event from Japan, I think it makes just more sense to watch it be voiced by Japanese people. Yeah, I think that's fair. So that's the route I went. I went dubbed. Did you? Was it just like James Vanderbeek being like, dude? It was really like it honestly felt pretty good. Like it didn't seem outrageous. There was no like, why the hell do you have James Vanderbeek as a 10 year old or something? Um, and yeah. at, the, I had like no idea who was voicing any of it. And that at the end, I still didn't. So I'm guessing they're just like actual voice actors, which seems like the, That'd be the route to actual go. right way to go. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> Anna Ferris as the king. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Car. Yeah. Should we talk about prisoners? Yeah. We should talk about prisoners. Dude. Yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal is our god. Gyllenhaal? Yeah, he's just Gyllenhaal. the best. Gyllenhaal. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I wish I could have not thought about it afterwards. Why? Does it like break down for you? A little bit. Yeah. Tell me. Give me the thought process. Uh, well, I'm going to try to avoid spoilers because this movie is so much fun. Yes. As it unfolds, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just think it all wraps up way too neatly at the end. Yeah. Where in the shower the next morning, I was like, oh, that was that guy. And I was like, oh, OK, well. Like it, it was more fun as it was happening. And then it became less fun as I realized that this has no loose ends whatsoever and everything means something. And it's just like this little box of movie that is all entwined together. And that's less fun yeah. to me. Because it means that somebody thought it all through. Like, it just feels like a construction at that point. Like, a, you know, it doesn't feel like an event. We'll have to talk offline about what you're <laughs> referencing. Because I can't quite figure it out. Um, I mean, not, not like a lot of things, I guess. But just like, okay. for example, the body in the church. Yeah. Okay. It's like, did this need to be this and this so that this is this? Like, I don't know yeah. if that all needed to work out that way. But... While I was watching it, I thought this movie was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, so it's so... They do such a good job of, like... This really feels... Maybe minus Jake Gyllenhaal, because he just feels like he's an absolute alien in this movie in, like, the best way possible. But he does yes. not feel like a person... Yes. ...at all. Yes. But the rest of it feels, like, really real. Like, yes. it, the depiction of, like, a, this just, like, suburban life... Where they're just, like, hanging out. And, like, just the fact that they're always wearing these jackets that you know are, like, sort of damp. And it's just, like, ugh. It just, like, gives a really specific, uncomfortable feeling that it feels like in a lot of true crime movies, everything is sort of heightened to the level of the crime. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, made into, like, a different type of world. This feels very grounded in 
like what a true kidnapping would feel like sort of yeah i i i get what you're saying i agree with it but i think it is elevated just because of what happens oh sure movie. yeah yeah but no I, that was one of my favorite things about it is i think it really captures like crummy midwesternish suburbs with just yeah. like contractor trucks parked in the driveway yeah. and just like there's probably just like dogs running like <laughs> the screen door is just open and there's just like dogs yeah. running in and out of this house or whatever yeah and it's this was uh his first english language film right oh was it i think it might have been yeah um, interesting in that context i think it's really amazing that he captured that setting so well coming at it or not captured but just portrayed it in a way that felt very good in like a filmic sense like a very n- interesting setting for a story like this and yeah and even know. down to like the like <clears throat> um production design of the homes and stuff like yeah. the Oh, and the costuming, like the thing I can't get out of my mind that just ugh, is so awful to think about is like the mom just being in all of her clothes and her robe in that bed for yeah. seemingly like days on end. And it yeah. like everything about the way that that looks feels exactly right and therefore yeah. feels just horrible, horrible, horrible. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was maybe one of my issues with the movies. They just sideline Hugh Jackman's family like immediately and for the entire yeah. movie which kind of sucks but it's about the men of course it's about the men <laughs> yeah, Hugh Jackman men. and yeah. Jane Jonah yeah Paul Dano does a good job also yes he does I guess I mean it's just like this is it, it like just approaches it in a really cool way like the way to make <clears> this a standard movie is to just have it center on Jake Gyllenhaal and like sure. the family is is even less of a picture because they're just like the worry worrying uh, like cast of like, characters. Where are you going? Where, yeah, yeah, where have yeah. you been? Like, yeah, like having the entire middle chunk be essentially like vigilantism is insane yeah. and yep. crazy and so well done. But I think Hugh Jackman's character feels realistic to me. Like yes. He's like creepy and scummy in a way that I can totally buy from like a suburban, you know, a dad who would have a contracting truck in the driveway yeah. type of thing. And it's just all hit for me really well. Um, and I love and like, that, Oh, sorry. I just love that Jake Gyllenhaal is so alien because I think that <laughs> yes. is exactly what this movie needs is yeah. like crazy going on. That feels like crazy. the Denis Villeneuve touch where it's yes. just like there has to be something here that doesn't make as much sense. And it's not it's not like Nightcrawler. He's not like bug eyed, like right. spouting Internet memes at people or something. He's just like, <laughs> he's just he really wants to get the job done, dude. Well, he has like freaking weird tattoos yeah. and his hair is completely slicked back and yeah. he's wearing like weird jewelry. Yeah. And they don't explain it, really. It's just him. No. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it feels like he, I don't know, like, I have no idea if he has lived in that town for a long time, if he's a transplant from somewhere else. Like, you have no insight into him beyond a machine that wants to solve crimes. Yeah, it's never not solved a case. (laughs) Yes, which is the perfect setup for a situation like this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. And, like, all the portrayals of violence, I think, are super effective in this movie. Yeah. 
there's one really shocking one that happens at a police station that I was yeah. like made my stomach like flip a little bit because it's so unexpected and graphic and all the stuff that happens in the old apartment building is real mm-hmm. nasty to look at. Good stuff, Car. Really makes <laughs> it uh, is good stuff. Makes you want to look away from the screen a lot. This movie. Yeah, it's also like. A- it's one of those where, like, you just look back through the cast and you're like, yeah, this is perfect. Like, they got so <laughs> many people for this movie. Yeah. And they all do such a good job and they're all perfectly cast. Like, it's yeah. just, I was, it's wonderful that they, this all happened, basically. And mm-hmm. beyond just the cast car, who's behind the camera? Who do we love? Who's our guy? Is it Deaky? It's Deaky! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we do love Diki. Diki does an amazing <laughs> job in this film, I would say. Yeah, he does. Yeah, the shots into the situation that Paul Dano <laughs> ends up in. I don't know what to call it. Yep. The chamber. The cool place uh, where to Where it's just be. like his the light shining onto his eyes. Like, yes. oh, God. Yes. Yeah. God. And like the, I think the candlelit visual scene is super mm-hmm. well done. Like, so... It, it it took me out of the movie just to think about how difficult it would be to shoot a scene at like in the middle of the night that's just lit by candles. Yeah. And keep it from being this like unreadable mess. And that scene is extremely readable and extremely uh, tense because of what's happening during that. And they pull that off super well, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Love you, Diki. And like the chase or not the chase but the car scene at the end is also one of the most beautiful (laughs) scenes of just driving on a highway in the middle of pennsylvania or whatever that i've ever seen so distressing like whatever effects they use to like convey his (laughs) His state of being at that time is so oh god awful 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 very well done though damn yeah yeah this movie's awesome dude i don't know it is awesome. <laughs> There's just so much like weird stuff among the yes, like seemingly normal that it's just like yeah. I feel like one of them is a spoiler, but like yeah, there's just crazy <laughs> moments that you could never guess are going to happen or see coming, and yeah. yeah, it's super cool. And it's like not afraid to dig into just like pulpy, like serial killer stuff. Like it, <laughs> right? It kind of revels in those tropes in a way that I think is not good or bad, I guess, but very enjoyable where it's not just like, it's not this like super serious uh, movie about like, you know, my child is missing. It's also about like fun conspiracy theories and like unsolved mystery stuff and all that junk. So yeah, it's very like you're given clues and like you can, like I've, not to brag, but like, I feel like I figured it out pretty early on, or like the idea of what was going on, at least pretty okay. early on the first time I saw it. Because, yeah, they give you enough stuff to go on that you can start to put it together. Yeah. Which is fun. Like, it, yeah. I prefer that to like, there's no way anyone could ever figure this out because they're just going to pull the rug out from under you at the end or something. It's true. Yeah. It's also fun that. Jakey was also in Zodiac doing basically the Yes. <laughs> yeah. But in a totally different way. Like yeah. uh, there he's skittish here. He's a force of psychotic. Nature. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That would be a really fun double feature. I think of Zodiac in this movie. 
Yeah, you're probably exactly. And, but the, and, like they're on just sup, such opposite ends. Where like when I was talking about how other tri- true crime movies make the settings just feel like idyllic or whatever, that's yeah. what Fincher is doing, but he's doing it on purpose. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, it, to yeah. set up that contrast a little bit. Yeah, just totally different approaches. Couple on a picnic at the riverside. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good pick, Car. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you were on that, you know, you're on that run of <laughs> crime thrillers, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of which, Car, <laughs> yeah, hit me up, dude. Yeah, I watched um, The Little Things. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it's it fun. I don't know. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. It was like. This was one where I think they gave you too much. I'm sure. And it was just like you're watching what is what feels so inconsequential for most of the movie because it's just like mm. and you you can just tell you're not going to be told the answer basically. Okay. And it's like, yeah, I guess I'll never know. And you're watching it. Like, I like it, that though. I don't know. I like it if it just didn't feel suspenseful, I guess. That's fair, yeah. I think I was also told a bunch of times that the ending was ambiguous. So it was like, okay, yeah, I won't know if Jared Leto did it or not. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But does it matter in the end? Yeah, I think it does, because if okay. not him, who? I don't know. <laughs> who? I think it would have been Give me your good. best Rami Malek shouting who. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And that sounded like him doing Bohemian Rhapsody and oh, doing no. <laughs> this. Hey yeah. everybody. Yeah. Anyways, like did we see another potential suspect or like mm. feasible suspect? Maybe that's the point. I think that's the problem for me. Is like Oh, okay. I wish I would have seen like two other like maybe maybe and then they're just like going down the Jared Leto route because he's terrifying and like just does all this weird stuff. Yeah, I I really think this movie is just like here's our little message we have for you, and then the whole movie is set up to tell that message at the end type of thing or something. And the message isn't great because it's like cops get away with stuff, (laughs) which is not a great message, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I guess it won't go too spoiler, but yeah. Uh, I, but uh, yeah, like, I, I just think like um, Prisoners is like a cop procedural, like for me, like almost the ideal of that. And this doesn't feel like that at all. This feels like a movie that just happens to be about cops or something like it. It has this other story. It's, it's not about the crime. Right. Where Prisoners is completely about the crime. And I really like that. But I was also into. I think Prisoners is a much better movie. I'm going (laughs) to just so that's on the record. But uh, I was into what the little things was doing, I guess. Yeah, I like I guess I do like the conceit of the theoretical bad guy, like being so like it's really about him, like playing with these cops yeah, that's fun, I think. Yeah, it is way. fun. And, like, yeah. when Denzel's in the apartment and, like, they're yeah. building all that tension and everything like that is a really fun scene. Yeah. And they, and, they give you hmm. clues without the clues ever being definitive or something. It's just, like, right. it's the little things. I did have this 
problem. I, it might have been because I wasn't paying like my best 100 mm-hmm. percent full attention mm-hmm. but it felt like so many women died that like i didn't know what was going on like it was okay. like is this another one or is this the other well, same yeah. one that died like, yeah because he's having like visions of these... people dying yeah. or whatever well um, there's like there's people ending up in the morgue and it's like is this jogger lady or is this the person in the apartment <laughs> like what's going on yeah that's yeah. fair um, <laughs> That uh, that first scene is so generic, like Fincher, yeah. I saw Zodiac, yeah, you know, like serial killer attack type stuff. I don't know. It's fun. Pretty effective. Like, I don't know. I guess it'll always be effective, but. Yeah. Have you seen um, Texas Chainsaw? Mm-mm. Mm, there's a really good scene like that in Texas Chainsaw. Mm. Like, probably the best out of that sort of thing that I've seen. Don't tell Fincher. <gasps> Did Finchy. the soundtrack do anything for you, Carl? I no, I guess because I can't okay. even like fathom what it sounded like. Okay, I just love Thomas Newman so much, dude. I okay. uh, <laughs> Thomas Newman could score anything, and I'd be there for it. I don't know. What's his others, or what are his um, other big American ones? Beauty, Finding Nemo? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done all kinds yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah. The scene that sticks out to me is when Denzel is driving on the highway, and he looks over and he sees the girl in the the jeep or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like that scene a lot. I think it's not. A very deep or you know it's not the craziest scene in the world that i just love the atmosphere of that scene where he's like looking at the hollywood cross and then yeah thinking about his life a little bit and the music is amazing so thomas newman i love you and uh please keep <laughs> making soundtracks for movies please also like there's just this thing happening now that is like oh i feel like me just confronting the fact that i'm like an adult and getting older where it's like we're seeing our favorite movie stars and they're starting to look old yeah it's freaking me out like denzel, denzel in this yeah yeah which like he's been older for a minute it's not yeah. like the first time but it's just like watching someone who you're used to being like the right the main guy like right. the main guy right, who's right, like right. leading the thing and now right. he's not rami malik's character or no. whatever I like think, Brad Pitt, I feel like in Once Upon a Time, I was like, oh, oh sure. Brad Pitt's old. Now. I mean, he looks great, but he's old now. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, it's weird. I think Denzel slid into that role very well in this movie, though. Yes. I think he fits that perfectly. That Absolutely. Kind of yeah. It's a great transition for him from, yeah. like, Rami Malek's character to this character. Like, it makes yeah. sense. I just want to continue to see him play, like... Um, right. <laughs> sometimes virtuous and sometimes not virtuous people trying to figure stuff out. Dude, he almost punches Jerry Lowe. He's this close, dude. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I feel like we haven't talked enough about Rami. Can you just give me your Rami impressions real quick? Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I don't want to let my guy off scot-free. Okay. He could have done better. He <laughs> should not have been cast in this movie. Why would they cast him? It makes no sense at all because hmm. like Rami Malek makes more sense as a Jake Gyllenhaal and prisoners type character where it's like, this guy's kind oh, of totally, weird. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah, something yeah. going on here that we don't understand. Whereas right. this is like pretty much a straight lace yeah. sort of guy. Good and cop. it just, Rami Malek is not, I have yet to see him play just like a normal person basically yeah sure i think him being kind of weird 
and maybe not on purpose kind of works in that he's put up against Denzel, who is just extremely straight laced, like yeah, sick of this crap, old detective guy. I think there's something there. I think Rami took a direction and ran with it in a way that feels really strange. <laughs> yes, I would agree. Like, I think you're kind of right. Like, if he, if Rami played this as, like, strictly very corporate or something, I think yeah. that would be really cool. Yeah. That's what it feels like it's going to be at the very beginning. And then right. you meet him and it's like, what? And I think Rami could do that. Like, I think yeah. him as, like, a corporate normal person. Who's like maybe skeevy in that way versus Denzel is skeevy and like the all do anything to right. be relieved of this guilt. Like that's kind of an interesting yeah. um, dynamic. But yeah, it doesn't feel like that's where they end up. Hmm. That would have played well with what happens with those characters also. Right. If he was exactly. Just like super, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, when Little Things 2 comes out, they'll rectify all these problems, <laughs> and it'll be awesome. I am grateful for this movie and, like, these types of movies. Like, I, I know. know. Yeah. It's like, a, it's not the worst way to spend two hours. No, I don't get people giving it, like, one star. Like, what? It's just, yeah. it's just a movie. Remember those? Yeah. It's definitely just not a bad it. movie. Like, it's not a great movie. It's not terrible, though. Like, it's No, I know. Like, one star is, like, <laughs> yeah. Garbo. Have you seen Tom and Jerry? <laughs> Shall we transition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can talk real quick about Tom and okay. Jerry. Um, I was cool. pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. I will give the disclaimer. I watched it with Krista. Krista was very not pleasantly surprised. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> God bless her. God bless her for sitting down and watching Tom and Jerry with you. <laughs> well, I said... Because the Minari and Tom and Jerry came out today. What would you like to watch? And I gave no input. And we went with Tom and Jerry. Oh, God. Um, the art style is atrocious. Great. I have to put that on the table. I think mm -hmm. it's like CG, but it's made to look like hand drawn. But it looks absolutely it looks like uh, like a really cheaply made Netflix show they imported from like Eastern Denmark. European country or something. <laughs> yeah, it just does not look good. Um, okay. And it's really weird because all the animals are in that style. So it's just like people walking their dog and it's this gross no. abomination that doesn't look like it fits into this movie. No. Um, uh, the plot is uh, terrible. Um, Can you give me like a three sentence summary of the plot? Um, our girl Chloe Grace Moretz <laughs> is kind of like a hmm, like a rascal. Of <laughs> course. She's like working odd jobs trying to get by. And then she wanders into her job, fires her, and then she's looking for a job. So she goes into the Swank Hotel and steals this girl's resume and then uses it to get a job at the hotel. And okay. the hotel is about to host the wedding of New York's hottest, you know, couple. And it's Colin yes. Joss and some lady I don't know. <laughs> so that's great. Oh, Colin Jost? Yes, I'm sorry. I hate Colin Jost so yes, much. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. He's maybe the best performance in this movie, if that no, helps you picture you this movie at all. No, you have to stop. Oh uh, my Michael God. Pena is there. Um, okay. 
<laughs> okay. And then um, the conflict is that Jerry, a mouse, has moved into the hotel as well. And there can't be a mouse here during this wedding. Well, how does Tom come in? Uh, Chloe uh, hires Tom to work at the hotel. No. Nope. To... Okay. He's got the little <laughs> hat on, like the little pill hat thing. The, the antics, the thing that saves this for me, Car, and for no one else, apparently, is that... <laughs> Have you seen the Tom and Jerry movie from like 92? Maybe, but not that I remember. Okay. In that movie, it was like Tom and Jerry could talk and they were having like friendship adventures. Like, what is friendship? That type of thing. This mm-hmm. is just Tom and Jerry killing them each other, you know, with giant mallets and stuff. <laughs> and that's what I wanted. And I didn't expect it. And I was so happy because they okay. get into like classic Tom and Jerry antics. And some of it's actually pretty funny. I thought uh, Krista may disagree. <laughs> I wish we had um, like a one sentence Krista soundbite about Yeah, the she was not a fan. Uh, but they do like the thing where it's like they get into a fight and then it becomes like the dust cloud, you know, where their heads are popping out. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like cartoon yep. thing. And then people are like, oh no, they're doing a, a fight tornado. And then like people are getting sucked into it. And it's just oh, like, that's kind of fun. It's goofy. I wasn't. Yeah. So it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, I was expecting worse, but it is not a good movie. The end, Tom and Jerry. Do you think kids would like it? I don't know. That's what Krista kept asking. She's like, who's this for? Yeah. Kids don't like Tom and Jerry. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah I guess you're right. But, but if it's they for me. Like, if it can, because Tom and Jerry, it's not like there's a plot you need to know. So it's no. like, if they would enjoy divorced from the old cartoons, that's fine, too. Yeah. I mean, it's basically a Disney Channel movie, but with Tom and Jerry fighting every so often. So if you're that's into that. fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't think any one aspect of it is terrible. I just think it's like dumb kids movie. I mean, I watched Alvin and the Chipmunks 3 Chipwrecked, which is a much, much, much worse movie. Yeah. Go off. (laughs) No, I got nothing to say. Uh, David Cross is in it and he looks like he's trying to crawl out of his own mouth the entire movie because he just doesn't (laughs) want to be there. Um, I don't know how we got four movies about Alvin and the Chipmunks. It was the scariest thing. It's just you can see the 20 like the 2000s culture just dying on the vine while you watch it it's yeah awesome. i wonder if i can find i'm googling alvin and the chipmunks box office oh please well they made four so it must to be see. Okay. huh <laughs> they made four of the gosh darn movies so they must be making somebody some money yeah so oh god um okay no <laughs> okay so we got the original, like, you know, the original of the Please. new. Yes. 361 million. <laughs> the Squeakwool. The Squeakwool, yes. If we're being fair, a good name. 443. So more. Yeah, yeah, More then for the Squeakwool. to the road chip, we have 234. So that's huge drop one. off there. That's the fourth one. Oh, that's the fourth one? Yes. Okay, so then the third one is chip 342. Wrecked. Yeah. Okay. So they so all it goes, made hundreds it, of They millions. went like up and then back down. As all good movie series do. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, they're still making a decent amount of money. I don't know how much they cost, but yeah, it's not terrible numbers. Theodore gets bit by... No, Simon gets bit by a spider and then the venom makes him into a French explorer guy named Simone. Is that funny? Oh, yes. <laughs> 
it, so they're on an island, right? Okay. I don't know the lady's name, so this isn't going to be a good story. Never mind. There's a there's an <laughs> actress in it that I know of oh. that it seems weird that she's in it so much, and she's not very funny. In Chipwrecked? Yes, in Chipwrecked. <laughs> okay. I wonder if I can figure it out really quick. I want to say um, it's uh, the guy on Parks and Rec with the crazy hair who starts the business. His sister? It's not Anna Ferris. No, 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 no. It's... Uh, her character's name is Zoe, I think. Oh, okay. That's helpful. Yes. Oh, Jenny Slate. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awful. Like Jenny Slate. <laughs> She's so awful. Oh, no. <laughs> the end. Okay. That's cool. All right, please talk about a different movie. Okay. I think the only... Oh, no. I watched two more. Um, I watched I Care a lot. I don't know what that is. That's the Rosamund Pike oh, one. Oh, how was yeah, that? yeah. I had a lot of fun. Okay. I think it is like a fascinating movie. I think like what we had talked about when we had talked about it on the movie releases where like there's this like, um, what's the right thing? Uh, good for her energy right. movies. Hashtag good for her. Yeah. I think like there's two arguments here and one is the one that I'm on and that I feel like is the right answer. Like one is that this is pushing... <laughs> <laughs> so diplomatic all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one that's like this is pushing the concept too far. Like Rosamund Pike's character is entirely reprehensible the entire time. Like the plot is that she's taking advantage of these elderly people and robbing them essentially and taking control of their <laughs> lives and putting them in nursing homes. Like it's awful. It's really awful. Yeah. Um, and I think like a complaint is that it's just too evil. Too much. And like, who are we supposed to get behind? Right. And then there's the other side, which is the side that I like a lot, which is like, this is the best like indictment of the girl boss thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the deconstruction. To me, it's like so directly getting at like, we can't root for a lady getting money because she's getting money and like we have to like examine how she's getting money and we can't just like her because she vapes and because she has cool outfits like we have to think about what she's doing in order to like have all of this happen to her and i like i don't know how you could watch this movie and not get the sense that she's entirely evil and like that the movie is saying that she's entirely evil like i just there is no other solution to me so like I don't know. So, and I think it honestly works really effectively there. Like by yeah. making her just awful. Um, yeah, I think it like is actually saying something maybe about that genre or at least like how we view like that, like very surface level, not well thought out uh, version of feminism, which is just like everyone get money and then that's good. <laughs> can't be it. Um, oh, no. Yeah, and I guess, like, so there is a really, I think, well done, um, like, what's the right word I'm looking for? Um, Her, I forget if it's her wife, at least her girlfriend. Like, the romance is really good, and I think, like, maybe that's where you get pulled into the character a little bit. But you probably, I would argue you need some of that in order to just, like, 
pay attention to the movie for that long. Because um, you just, like, she has to not just feel like she's, um, I don't know. It, she has to, like, somehow feel like a real person, even if she's, like, an evil real person. Um, and the actress who plays, um, who is, like, her business partner and actual partner, I was so delighted to see because I love her in Baby Driver and I don't think I've seen her in anything since then. She's the woman who's like with John Hamm in Baby mm-hmm. Driver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. so good in that movie and like mm-hmm. absolutely jumped off the screen for me there. And she's so good here too. Mm. Um, so it was really, really fun to see her back. Um, and I'm just like a lot of people, yeah, wearing fun outfits and stuff. I don't know. I had a great time. <laughs> I like it. I don't know if it's like the best movie ever, but I sure as heck enjoyed it. See, this is how I felt coming out of Gone Girl. Not, I mean, just because it's the same actor, I guess, but just mm. like, she's just pure evil. What are you people talking about? But yeah, but Gone Girl is like so. It's only like half about her. Like it is so yeah. much about the Ben Affleck character. Yeah. That it just it like that is one of the conclusions, but there's also like 20 other ones. And I think it's yeah. probably just like a more complex and interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Um whereas this one is pretty like upfront. Just like <laughs> would you put Pike. is Buffaloed hmm. in this genre? No, not at all. Buffaloed is like about a girl who is making some really awful missteps, but like ultimately wants to align herself with goodness. Okay. I just mean like the good job girl or whatever you're talking oh, about. Oh, no, I don't think so. Like no? if Buffalo ended with her continuing to uh, be a debt collector, then yeah. yes. Okay. but Like she gets super, super rich off of debt collection, then yes, it would be that. But okay. because she ends with like realizing that that's a really awful thing to do and goes after hedge fund dudes. I guess it like that's probably better good for her. <laughs> but mm. yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Carly, I want good for all of hers. <laughs> Thank you, King. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on, Carly? Um, I watched Dead Poet Society. Of course. Of course. How did that go? <laughs> it was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Um, nice. like just a it feels very of that time. Yeah. Um, like a wholesome movie about yeah. young men um connecting yes. with their emotions through God, Robin yes. Williams being a good teacher. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's like Goodwill Hunting, but good. <laughs> I mean, it's like Goodwill Hunting. I would say I'd like maybe connected with this one more than Goodwill Hunting if there's going to be like a battle because it's like I don't know. I don't even remember how good Will Hunting all I don't goes like good down, Will Hunting is the subtext. No, I don't too. really either. Okay. Um, this one, I wish I kind of didn't know all of the beats of it. Like, both the famous scenes where it's, like, the kids standing on the desks. Right. And, like, one specifically pivotal plot point that you're just, like, waiting to happen the entire time. I wish I didn't know that. I think it would have been... Hmm? I don't know it. Hooray! Oh, then I certainly won't mention it. Okay. Um, Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I feel guess. Like, <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, yeah, like it just, it was 
It was exactly what I was expecting. It was like very comfy for most of it. Like it's a really nice setting and it's like these kids developing friendships and I love Ethan Hawke so much and it's so fun <laughs> to see him um, like you do. be young actor Ethan Hawke. You love Ethan um, Hawke. I love Ethan Hawke. You I do? really, really do. Um, yeah. And then it was, that was basically it. There's like <laughs> okay, some really cool. troubling uh, gender dynamic stuff because, of course, there is in a movie about a bunch of boys at a boarding school. They're in, just being boys, Kyle. Yeah, being boys. it's there's some not stellar uh, material happening there. Awesome. Um, and I would also argue some like um emotional leaps that don't quite add up but that mm. has to kind of do with the spoiler so i will not go okay. into it okay. okay um but overall yeah like it's i'm glad i finally watched it sort of thing it makes sense to me also like i can imagine being like a 12 year old boy and being like i want a teacher like robin williams <laughs> i want to stand on my desk <laughs> yeah it's also the thing now where like i feel so jaded by uh, like of my experiences in the education system that I'm like <laughs> yeah. the Robin William character seems just awful to me and like I can't imagine having to deal with him. Cool. Um yeah. <laughs> this is not Patch Adams card. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um is there a this is like this movie is peak uh letterbox reviews declaring that all the characters are gay. Is that born out in the film or is that just no not at all okay i mean it's like i don't know like it's about boys like supporting each other and loving each other no i i I love whenever that is the trend i just was curious if that was actually reflected in like the the uh surface level (laughs) no and i think like in times like that, like, I think there are really interesting points to be made there a lot of times. And I think, like, there's a lot of good reasons why people, like, look for those connections in yeah. stories, especially stories that were made, like, before the last couple of years where yeah. it's been more acceptable to, um, yeah, have LGBTQ plot lines. But this did not give me okay. that energy. It, this is, like, okay. the most, like straight male energy possible i think <laughs> like the part of the reason why they like writing poems or the idea of poems is so that they can all get some chicks like that's well yeah that's totally for it yeah it is also oh, i don't know like <laughs> i'll just go into one of my major like gender dynamic complaints Do it. it's like the like a couple of girls end up at one of these dead poet society meetings and like the idea of women like understanding Outsiders. poetry or being able to write poetry is like the most like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like they're gonna ruin it by being there sort of thing so that's yeah. cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> well uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know it'd be kind of nice to like go to like an empty boarding school in i forget where this was vermont or something um and hang out but that's about it. What? I don't know. The setting was just really pretty. Oh, I'd okay. Like to go you there. Like, There's like a lot of good wood floors <laughs> and like big rooms. And it would be cool to go to Arizona at a homeless people convention <laughs> and just yeah. hang out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cara, that's all you've watched? <laughs> I think so. It was a light week for me. Yeah. Mm. That's okay, though. 
Thank we you. got lots of crime dramas, and that's all that matters. And I, some oh, World War II kids dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do have one follow up that I meant, or I I intended to mention last time um, as a follow up to when I was talking about Judas and the Black Messiah. I because I was like complaining about the um, perspective being from the FBI informant and not yes. um, just directly from Fred Hampton. So I did listen to an interview with Shaka King, the director, and uh, basically that framing device seemed like the only way they were going to be able to get the movie made. So it was not hmm. um, a creative decision just based on like how they wanted to make the movie. It was a creative decision based on how do we get this funded? Does that make it better for you? That makes sense to me. Like, it makes yeah. sense that that was the driver. and But it makes me sad, I guess. Yeah. I also saw something. There's another movie coming out. I wish I remembered who it was about, but also from the perspective of an informant rather than the person, like, um, hmm. leading the movement. Doesn't seem like a good uh, <laughs> thing for us to only make movies from that perspective. But Yes. That is fair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that's the way it has to be. That's so I just can't whatever. That sucks yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um before we jump into what's coming out, Car. Mm-hmm. Do you have a minute? Mm-hmm. Do you get the emails from Filmmaker magazine? Mm-hmm. Do you read them? Mm, sometimes. When it's okay. something I want to read. And also like so many of them have the like advertisement or whatever. Yeah. For your Disclaimer. consideration. Right. Voice yeah. Tate. Yes. Yes. Um, did you see the thing about Teleported Fest? No. Can I please read to you what this is? Because it's insane. Please. Okay. Um, this is a film festival that takes place in Columbia, Missouri every year. Of course. If you're with me so far. But Carl, there's a global <laughs> pandemic happening, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what's going on with Teleported Fest 2021. <clears throat> Not just another virtual festival. The Teleported okay. Fest, parentheses, $695, parentheses. Whoa, whoa, bring, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> can I continue? Yeah. Brings the soul of true slash false into your home with a five-day hyper-curated interactive film experience. Before I continue, I should note that the header image is a dude with a VR headset on yeah. in some sort of like neon soundscape be the first in the world to view new films as you sip and snack on a selection of locally sourced treats lounge in festival merch and engage with films in new and unexpected ways while the teleported fest is primarily geared towards out-of-towners since we know travel is inadvisable during a pandemic all are welcome to fill out the application form pass includes a selection of brand new uh, 2021 films may include world premieres, secret screenings, and surprise selections. Note that each film will have an initial limited viewing window with a view- longer window for all films on the last day of the fest. <clears throat> a series of custom designed packages overflowing with goodies, absolutely not guaranteed to contain any slash all of the following popcorn, books, coffee, <laughs> chocolate, scarves, mugs, t-shirts, music, hoodies, slankets, candles, calls wait, to wait, action. Wait, what is it? Blankets? Slankets. 
candles, calls to action, puzzles, <laughs> socks, handmade crafts, potted plants, technological wonders, an inflatable box office, genuine imitation sticky theater floor mat, etc. No. Unique online content TBA, including small group discussions with filmmakers, subjects, TF programmers, and other teleporters. Car, let me tell you what movies came out last no. year in this no. VR soundscape world. Are you ready? No. Yeah. It's loading. Boys Tate, <laughs> Cat Skin, City So Real, Collective, Dick yeah. Johnson is Dead, I'm yeah. Skimming, Feels Good Man. Yeah. Do you want to pay $695 to watch these movies in a VR headset or something while you eat popcorn that they send you, Car? Yeah. I do too! <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Time was there. Is it all documentaries? Mm, it, it sure seems like it from what I can yeah. tell. Which is... Um, yeah, it kind of looks like it. Right. At least last year, yeah. Um, I think this is stupid and audacious and I kind of love it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is this like some Silicon Valley bro went to or like Yeah. What do people these? like? What do human yeah. beings like? Hmm. Yeah. Potted plants? Yeah. Slankets? Slankets, dude. <laughs> I don't know what a slanket is. To be I don't either. I think it's a sleeved blanket, possibly like a oh, a snuggie, if you will. Sure, if you will, yes. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> oh, it's um, it really just looks like it's a oversized hoodie. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, seven hundred dollars. Um, hmm? That's insane. I yeah. want. I would give seven hundred dollars to talk to all of the attendees of this year and just sure. hear about their experiences and, and their motivations and where they live yes, yes. <laughs> eat the rich um, this doesn't crap. seem like the way forward to me no if no. this was like two hundred dollars yeah that would be kind of cool yeah it would be an experience you would never forget mm -hmm. um i feel like they're pushing out anyone who would actually care to watch these movies and just are catering to people who fund like bricks of titanium on Kickstarter or whatever. Yeah. I'm watching succession right now. And I feel like the Culkin <laughs> character who's just like this really big weirdo would totally go to this. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. With the VR headset. On. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Okay. I just thought that was super wild and I wanted to share that. Is there aspect. a lower tier? No. Holy. <laughs> Even in the the email, they're like, "It's a little controversial." This film festival. <laughs> it's a little controversial. <laughs> Link to a film festival. We need to just get rid of everything. That's what I'm. That's what I've been saying. All <laughs> movies should be free on YouTube. Done. Okay. Hold. What's coming out, Car? Well, okay. So the SpongeBob like movie. When SpongeBob SquarePants is, I love the intercapped business going on with SpongeBob SquarePants here. Uh, Beloved pet snail Gary goes missing. A path of clues leads SpongeBob and his best friend Patrick to the powerful King Poseidon, who has Gary held captive in the lost city of Atlantic City. 
on their mission to save Gary, SpongeBob and the Bikini Bottom Gang team up for a heroic and hilarious journey where they discover nothing is stronger than the power of friendship. Uh, can we talk real quick about Paramount Plus and how it seems like a garbage fire? Yeah. Rugrats reboot. Yeah. This movie. <laughs> is that the one with the they got the deal with the Wind River guy? The what now? Uh, let me see really quick here. So. Paramount Plus. Sorry, I'm Googling. I can hear. Yes. That. Okay. So okay. I think, yeah, Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Wind River, wrote and directed, I think, Wind River, and I believe wrote um, Sicario. Oh, geez. Um, okay. And is the showrunner for Yellowstone, which is like, I guess, the most popular show on television. He just got a big deal with Paramount Plus. And like, it, it may be the case that like, the only reason people are subscribing to Paramount Plus is to watch his stuff. And I guess if they want to see the Rugrats in a whole new format. Hmm. This seems yeah, uh, uh, one too many, I think. <laughs> of these. They can't all have plus at the end either. What are we doing? Yes. I don't know. It's so crazy. It's so dumb. Which one do you think is the worst? Is it HBO? Like, not worst streaming service, but worst name. No, HBO is fine because it's not HBO Plus. If it was is HBO it Plus. Apple TV Plus the worst one? That's, uh, that's yes. That's all. Okay, cool. You know what's kind of a dumb name? Netflix. Yeah. I mean, they were really starting, yeah. you know. But it's because you would get it in the mail through a website like the. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they were ahead of the game. They knew what they were doing. Um, What would you give to be back in those days where you're just getting the DVDs? Sean Baker still does that. Yeah, I know. Like, there are a lot of people who still do it because it's sometimes the only way to watch something. It's not the only way. (laughs) (laughs) I've been looking into that, but I need a better TV just because I know Blu-ray is much higher quality uh, video. And I would be interested in that, but I don't have the setup to take advantage of that. So I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah, I thought about getting I've been like bouncing back and forth on the idea of getting a Blu-ray player. Yeah, it just feels like, oh, God, is this where I'm going to go? <laughs> is this what yeah. I'm going to do? I missed our owning Blu-rays again. Can I yeah. do that? <laughs> I That's kind of like the person in 94 still buying like vinyl. Not because it's yeah. cool, but it's like, no, I just this is the road forward. And everybody yeah. else is like getting their hit clips and stuff. No, it's just another way for me to waste money. That I, like, exactly. I you have to yeah. own everything. Right. Own things, car. <laughs> well, it's funny that like I'm paying so much right now to not own anything at all. Yes, it's just taking it out monthly. Mm-hmm. Your little not own things tax. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I. I think I'm broken. I don't know. Like every so often, I'll just think I should start owning physical media, and yeah. I'll just like shake my head and go, "No, no, 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 no." I think it might be right. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I take the opposite tack. What do you think okay. is right? Owning physical media? Yeah. But you don't own it. You do. You own the license to watch it. Yes. Which is the same as anything else. 
No, because at any moment, any of these other companies could take it all away from us. But that's the that is the trick the devil pulled, Carly, <laughs> was convincing you that that's a reason to buy physical media. I mean, it is, theoretically. You're going to go buy Wayne's World 2 on Blu-ray, and you're going to be safe in the knowledge that you can watch that in 20 years when you want to, even yeah. though it will absolutely be available to watch some other way. I don't know. Like, there's this one movie that I've been wanting to watch forever, and I think it finally just went on, like, movie or something. And it's like, okay, so I have 30 <laughs> days to watch it, maybe. <laughs> and then it's just gone again. So your solution would be to buy it on Blu-ray, though? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a reason to buy Blu-rays because they still sell Blu-rays, but... Yeah. That seems so archaic to me or something. But it is not like vinyl in that I think it actually does give you a better experience. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, yeah, you're not subject to stupid buffering or just bad quality or whatever. It's just not compressed at all. You're getting as close to the film print as you could possibly get. Whereas I don't trust Netflix to give a crap about video compression. And I know they don't because their stuff looks bad. Speaking of, Uh we need to talk about the Nomadland watermark. Okay. Is that, have I just not noticed that? Are movies doing this? I think you've just not noticed that. On Hulu, it happens all the time, I know. Jesus Christ. It's like you're watching it on TV on a Sunday afternoon. I couldn't believe it. I was, like, for the first, like, ten minutes, I couldn't handle it. I was so pissed off about it. Go away! Especially this type of movie where it's like you're supposed to be immersed in these settings. It's like, hey, Fox, searchlight. This is a film. (laughs) Why is there a watermark on my film? I I couldn't believe it. I was just beside myself. It's all product, car. They're just shoveling product at you, and you need to accept the branding or not. Give me, give me, give me branding. <laughs> um, go buy Nomad Land on Blu-ray, you goof. Then you won't yeah. have a watermark. That's true. And Francis McDormand gets paid to play poor people. Thanks, Francie. Okay. No, I don't um, know. I don't have a problem with a car, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Put cardboard on your TV so you can't see the watermark. <laughs> oh, my <anymore>. God. <laughs> okay. Um, Want to do a guess? Absolutely. Where am I? Is it boss Crisis. Oh. Which one? There's two guesses. Crisis. Crisis? Released on February 26th. Oh, that was two days ago, but okay. Yeah. Well, we missed some. Oh, okay. It's it's raining. Aw. That hasn't happened in months. A drug (laughs) trafficker organizes a smuggling operation while a recovering addict seeks the truth behind her son is disappearance you're not giving me a lot to go on as far as a guest car am i guessing yeah. who the recovering addict is or the drug I, I have no clue it's just the star what? it's the star of the movie <laughs> this is impossible um think about someone who it seems <laughs> outrageous to release a movie starring them right now it can't be mel gibson all the time car. correct no! no! No, 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 it's not Mel Gibson. Okay, I'm saying. Okay. You're correct, it can't be him all the time. Uh, the guy who hosts the Golden Globes, what's his face? Gervais? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Is it not? No, but I love Ricky Gervais being described as the guy who hosts the Golden Globes. <laughs> um, um, no. 
Okay, it's Jeff Goldblum. One more guess. No. I have no idea. <laughs> Army Hammer. They're releasing oh. a movie with Army Hammer in it. That's oh. insane. He's in another movie, I think, because we were watching all the February trailers and he was in something. Jesus it might have been this. Christ. It might yeah. have been this. Um, Why don't we like insane. Army Hammer? What's the Army Hammer beef? Uh, Like crazy cannibalism stuff. What? Yeah. You haven't heard about the Army Hammer stuff? Mm-mm. Take like an hour today and do some looking <laughs> Just around. Make some tea, get all yeah. cozied up, and it's truly like this is such a cheap. Um, and I don't mean to diminish like anything he's actually done, but okay. the more we learn about him, the yeah. more he seems like his character. In um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think sorry should... to bother you. I'm oh, sorry to bother. You. I get those so. two screwed up. Yeah. What's I think you should leave? That's the. Oh, I almost sang it. That's Tim Robinson. That's the sketch show I like. Okay. I get all of those <laughs> bad titles mixed up in my brain, but that's okay. Um, yeah. He was not the Winklevoss twins. I always he was. think he, he was the Winklevoss twins. Yes. Okay. I'll do some and digging. And call on. me by your name. Okay. Yeah. Was he? Yep. Okay. Well, he's not the Timothy Chalamet character. No, I, I just feel like there was someone who looked just like him that I would get them screwed up or something. But maybe he no, it's was all just, just him. always Army Hammer. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's he, yeah. There's like weird. Um, uh, I don't want to get into it. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. nasty. Um, okay. And it's like so we learn about all this really nasty stuff and it's like really, really bad. And then his I think it's like his agent and his publicist dropped him which like never ever wow. ever happens so okay. basically we know there's worse stuff that we don't know about yet that they're terrified of getting yeah. out and that they're distancing yeah. themselves from yeah right huh. and he's like old money too so it's just oh, like sure. this is just like crazy bad shit stuff that yeah yeah He's really yeah. done himself no favors by playing that character over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. And like, it'd be so cool if like, it, that was the joke is like, he gets it, but he's not part of it. But it's like, no, he just is that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good looking guy, though. Um, yeah. What else is going on? Do you want to do the other guess really quick? Oh, the SpongeBob movie's coming out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Boss level. Great and guess. Boss level. I hate this car already. <laughs> No time. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. A retired military in the style of Edge of Tomorrow. Also. Oh, and it's like video game. Like, I'm out of lives because it's boss. I hate this. A retired military operative finds himself in a never-ending time loop (sighs) on the day of his death. Yeah. Great and guess. Tom Cruise. No. Andy Samberg. No. Bill Murray. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's Mel Gibson. No! <laughs> yeah. Carly, we can't. This spreadsheet has become the worst thing. I know. <laughs> it's just me alerting you to the fact that Mel Gibson is still in movies. <laughs> and they're doing time loop movies again. Yes. There's two episodes in a row where upcoming movie includes time loop <laughs> Yeah, there's such strange patterns that you find when you're forced to read movie descriptions for every single movie coming out. Yeah, that you would (laughs) never have known about otherwise because it's a Mel Gibson time loop movie. Right. Called Boss Level. Yeah. 
that's coming to Hulu with a watermark, yeah. hopefully. Um, what else okay. is going on, Car? Yeah, I feel like notable, like actually notable ones. The Father is coming yep. out to theaters, yep. which yep. I assume means it's coming out other places soon. And that's going to be like a big Oskis movie. Um, Please don't I say think. Oskis. <laughs> well, it's the Oskis. It's the GGs. Do whatever you feel is best. Thank you. Um, so that's, I don't know. I'm interested to see it. There's like good stuff coming out about it. I like Anthony Hopkins. I love Olivia Coleman. The trailer um, looked good. I watched the trailer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? In Penis Town, Todd has been brought up to believe that the spackle released <laughs> a germ that killed all the women. <laughs> what am I reading? Yeah. And unleashed capital N noise on the remaining men. Yeah. After discovering a patch of silence out in the swamp. Carly, this is like word salad. His yeah. surrogate parents immediately tell him that he has to run, leaving him with only a map of New World. <laughs> capital N, capital W, New World. A message and many unanswered questions. He soon discovers the source of the silence, not capitalized. A girl named Viola. <laughs> Uh-huh. What? Yeah, so I think this is based on a book. <laughs> what happened to books? Yeah. Where did um, books go when we weren't looking? And it's directed by Doug Lyman. Okay. And I think Charlie Kaufman had a part in Oh my god. Yeah, the screenplay. Huh. Um, and it also has the most insane cat like not insane when in the way that I normally mean, where it's like, holy cow, it's so cool. They got all these people. Like, it's partially that. But um, Tom Holland, yeah. Daisy Ridley, Mads yeah. Mikkelsen, and Nick Jonas. Like, what's going okay. on? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Tommy's, he's in Cherry also, right? Yes, he is. Season. Big month for Tom. Yeah. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm, like, way over the Russo brothers. Just, like, no more Russo brothers stuff. Can you, what are, Who? Uh, Infinity War and Game. Uh, okay. Aren't they also? Uh, let me just check this so I don't make a total fool of myself really oh. quick. Um, Ant Man two. Okay, no, I was just about to make a fool of myself. No one okay. has to know it now. Okay, <laughs> it is I not you, uh, Uncut Gems. That was actually a different pair of brothers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, me, and Dupree, uh, the Captain huh. America movies. I sure. don't know. Sure. Just enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And then That's crazy, that description, by the way. I want that framed. Yes. Yeah. No, it's the spackle <laughs> released a germ that killed all the women <laughs> and unleashed noise. It's funny to have it be all the women instead of all women. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and unleashed noise. Yeah. And the remaining men. Capital N noise car. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's nothing really like it. Can I? Huge. I got to huh? do my on brand Tucker thing. This Raya and the Last Dragon movie looks terrible. Yeah, it does. I, I keep don't seeing know commercials for it. Yeah. It's like sassy CG dragon lady is like, I'm a dragon. Like, what? Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. 
besides pandering there, like, to the Chinese film market. Is there like a good yes. kids movie that's supposed to come out uh, this year? Tom and Jerry. Okay. HBO. <laughs> um, I'm sure there is. Yeah. I just saw the trailer for the new Pixar movie. What is it? Oh, it's the one that looks like Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where they turn into fish people. Yeah. Not feeling a car. Yeah. Feel like maybe CG were in like the, you know, when like hand drawn animation and then they're like, well, this is getting stale. Here's CG. Yeah. I feel like we need our next. Uh, we're done with CG now. We've we've mined the minds of CG animation for kids movies. Did you ever read that big article about Pixar? Oh. Is there a dark center at the core of Pixar? Um, uh, I'd be interested about your thoughts on it, because I think you oh. would really disagree with a lot of it. <laughs> um, like, it's very Uh-oh. much trying to get at, like, what's why? Like, why is this all this way? Yeah. Um, and, like, part of that is to do with, like, Pixar being the ultimate, like, Silicon Valley company where it's That's- like... Here's where we have our playground for right. imagination. But then it's also like questioning why we even bother with like CG animation. Like huh. they're getting at like it takes this long to make a tree look exactly like the tree I wanted to look like. Why not just <laughs> draw a point tree. a camera at a tree? Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. There's like a million different things going on and it's like a super long article, but I'd, um, yeah. I'd be kind of interested in your thoughts about it. It's also I think it was maybe coming out around the time of Inside Out because I feel like it's tied up in that idea of like Pixar's commodification of like feelings and stuff. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> like I, I I would love to read that article but yeah that idea of like this looks so real. I hate that. Yeah. That is a dead end. Because what's the point? Yeah. That is not. Yeah. And I'm not saying that of this new Pixar movie because it has an art style to it which I appreciate. Um, but it yes, that exactly is my problem with Pixar is it feels like Silicon Valley commodification of art and yeah. emotion and humanity. And that's exactly how I felt about soul. And that's what this looks like. And I feel like the last movie that didn't feel like that was Coco. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was actually like, like right after, I, like after the conversation we had about soul is when I like, there's a critic I follow on Twitter who had a really negative reaction to soul and a really negative reaction to inside out. And it was like for similar reasons you're describing where it's like, yeah. is Pixar just like making an app out of feelings and thoughts? Exactly. Yeah. It just feels like Apple making movies for yeah. like the Apple product. And like, what does product. it do to kids' brains to like <laughs> shape their idea of sadness as this like yeah, fat little, person, little in person in glasses? Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting and like troubling. I'm Amy Poehler and I'm happy. You should be happy. Yeah. All kids right. should be happy. If you're yeah. not happy, something's wrong in your brain. Yeah. I don't know. I liked Inside Out. I thought it was a good yeah. movie, but I understand. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, like, it, like, it kind of, I think I initially didn't absorb what you were saying in your, like, critiques of soul. And then, like, <laughs> yeah, I started, like, thinking more about it and reading more about it. And there's interesting stuff going on there. The great soul debate of 2020. <laughs> okay. yeah. Anyways, nothing good is coming out, or maybe it is. I just can't identify it from these descriptions. Okay. Um, yeah. A handful of men search for rare, expensive, and delicious white alba truffles. <sighs> okay. Well, Karen thinks. Uh, Wait, what are we watching? 
Oh. I don't know. Well, we're watching My Neighbor Totoro. Yes. Is that the next one? Yep. Cool. Have you seen it? Nope. Okay. I'll be curious to see what you think of it. Okay. Um, after that, it's Kiki's Delivery Service. And uh, it's not... Uh, I just think it's interesting. Chris had a very strong negative reaction to Kiki's Delivery Service. Interesting. And I, I would, I'm, I'm ready to unpack that with you when we get okay. there. Okay. But uh, next up is my neighbor Totoro. Okay. But what else okay. are you watching, Car? Yeah. So I'm going to give you two categories, and you pick one, and then I'll choose a movie from it. Okay, we're one. like gamifying what movie Tucker has to watch. Okay, I like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I just I don't know what vibe to go with. One is person exposes evil in the world. <laughs> the other. <laughs> Okay. The other is like <laughs> alien invasion. <laughs> what a, this is like a biblical choice I'm making right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This will shape the rest of humanity. Um, Tara, these are so different. I don't know how you yeah. sp- and I don't know anything else about it. Yeah, it'd be really funny if you chose one and like my interpretation of them was completely off and like it didn't actually match up with what I was saying it was. I'm going to go with Alien Invasion. Hit me. Oh, really? I thought you were going to go Exposing Evil. Mm -mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Okay, let's watch Attack the Block. Oh, I would love to. Cool. Okay, that sounds awesome. Thank you. Yay. What was the other one? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, come on. You got to tell me what the other one was so I can be like, Well, there were actually two. What the hell kind of gamesmanship is this car? Well, from that decision, it was was probably going to be Aaron Brockovich or Silkwood. I don't know what the second one is. What's the Meryl one? Also based on a true story. The Meryl one? Meryl Street. I I still don't know what that is, but that sounds lovely, car. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay, (laughs) great. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, car. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna send us on our way by reading the chaos walking description one more time. Okay, cool. No, I w- I would love you to read it, please. Oh, there's no way this goes well. Okay, I want okay. this in your voice on record, please. Go. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> in Prentice Town, Todd has brought it. A- <laughs> Good. Good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good safe trip home. <laughs> Tip your wait staff. Thank you. 